Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Warning, listening to this episode may prevent you from dying on the trail. What's up, B&B? We are here, round two, season three, and with me today is the only man I've ever witnessed in a kayak drop his oars in the water. Uh, he was It wasn't intentional, but he lost the oars in the water. So what does he do? He gets out his insoles from his own shoes, and they're so big, he can use them to paddle. Carl Mandrioli. What's up, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> shoes to paddle. I like it. I like that your stories are getting longer and longer about me. I feel like I'm accomplishing more. It's kind of like a gear hack from last week. You gear hacked your own shoes. Kind of, you know? Yeah, that is a gear hack, yeah. yeah. And who knows when you'll need that. It's true. With me today is Derek Somerville, a man that thinks the Lord of the Rings trilogy is just a dangerous backpacking documentary. <laughs> Isn't it, though? <laughs> it kind of is. Because it, it kind of it is. Pretty it, much happened. Is. it pretty much happened. <laughs> There's a lot to be learned there. That's true. So uh, today we got we got an exciting episode about what Carl? What are we doing? The seven deadly backpacking blunders. Mm. Yeah, mm. and you know what? There's a lot that we've talked about before that you know whether it's hypothermia or mm. yes. animals and such. And we're not going to repeat anything. We got some we got some new ones to talk about that are deadly. Yeah, and we're going to save your life out there. Potentially. So, I mean, there's the yeah. obvious ones, you know. Ooh, I broke my leg on the trail and a bear ate me. Yeah, there's no, a, we're not, and yeah. none of that. Yeah, that's obvious. I mean, yeah, we, we, we're, we're going deep. We're digging deep here. Yeah. So, and we're going to kick the tidbits to the end and and jump in pretty fast. So, let's do Bible verse, Proverbs 11 12. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. Mm. But with humility comes wisdom. And a lot of these blunders we're going to be bringing up. Uh, can become deadly, oftentimes due to our own pride. That's true. So, That's true. Derek, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Have you ever put yourself in serious danger due to pride? I'm sure I have. Of course, yeah. Um, okay. we'll, we'll dive into that. But first, Carl, today's episode is brought to us by Summit Strength. Have you ever wanted, Carl, to prepare for an FKT or an adventure race, but you just mm. want some more support? Well, now you can do that, Carl, online with a personal trainer. SummitStrength.com.au. Check it out. They are growing. They are growing. It's it's pretty awesome. So, uh, have I put myself right. in danger? Yes, I'm sure I have. I think when I was younger, I think yeah, I almost died a couple times on a whitewater rafting river trip down the Colorado River. Or mm. yeah, the Colorado down the Grand Canyon. Did you lose your paddle and not use your shoe? Uh, my shoes were a mere size six at the time, so that wouldn't okay. have done anything. But not a surface area. Yeah, no, we were in a flash flood, and, uh, you know, you can't really prepare for that. But right. uh, we ran back to the boat, all, all the group, and then I proceeded to sit in, like, the backish of the boat. And so we started going, and we were going down the uh, the river, and, and the guy's like, hey, uh, we got the biggest river rapid coming on the Grand Canyon, uh, Colorado River. It's called Lava the Lava Rapid. Look it up, guys. Lava, yes. Monster. So he's like, you know, hold on tight. Yada, 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 right? So I'm sitting by grandma, and grandma's on this trip on this boat. Life jacket's on. We're trying to be safe. But I'm like, you know what? This isn't... I'm on the back of the boat. Like, I've been in the, boat, the front of the boat the whole trip. I'm like, I'm on the back of the boat. This is fine. I'm like, nothing's going to happen to me. So right, right. I kind of loosen up my grip. I'm kind of just chilling out. And then we hit the rapid, and I underestimated the rapid power because it launched me 
uh, in between, so on these on these big boats going down these rapids, there's like two rows of these giant like coolers of you know food and ice, and they're made of metal and they're huge, right? Right. So this rapid launches me in between those coolers, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not holding on to anything. This is so scary. So I jump out just in the nick of time as the entire raft folds up and and collapse. Like a taco? Like a taco. Like claps okay. these metal things together. If I was in there, I'm dead. Like I'm done. So you're saying you could have been killed by coolers? Yeah. What a way to go. What a way to wow. go. I mean, it would have been cool. It's a rafting story, but kind of lame that I got, you know, probably decapitated or whatever by coolers. But I underestimated the, the power of the waves. Of the, and how uh, old were you again? I was probably like, how old did I say I was? 10? No, I was a little older than that. I almost had like 14. I think it was okay. like 14. So that, I should have known better. I should have known better. You're kind of getting into the pride range there for, for guys. So that definitely makes pride range, yeah. Yeah. Well, man, you're pulling that out on the spot. I like it. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I don't like that you had to endure that, but certainly a lesson to be learned, I suppose. I did learn. I did learn. Yeah. The hard way. Okay. Wow. Well, my friend, we've got, uh, that wasn't one of the ones we were talking about because that's river rafting. We got backpacking ones. We do. So we, do. we assigned each other some topics that we've not yet covered in this podcast, and I'm interested to see, Derek, what you came up with. So what, what's your first deadly backpacking blunder, and how do we avoid it? Um, okay, yeah. So my first one is about... Something we've done many times, um, but thankfully it's never been too big of an issue. Okay. We had one year where it kind of was an issue. Uh, it's crossing a river. Yeah, happens all the time with people. Exactly. Yeah. So um, there, I'll give you. I'll give you a little story. Um, okay. My wife and I a long time ago went up to Yosemite and we were doing a, a, a hike. I think we went like thirty something miles, and the snow was still melting. Right. So there was. We had to change our course of our our trail, and we had to do some right. other things. But anyway, the, the rangers like, yo, um, be careful when you guys cross the trail because like two weeks ago, two people underestimated the current and the coldness. They slipped and fell right over the falls. And I was like, oh. So did the coldness cause them to slip? A little, well, I think it was a little bit deeper than when we were there. I want to say, they said it was about, they said okay. it was about calf high, knee high. And when we were there, it was about, it was about right. ankle high. So it was pretty, but it was moving. So, you know, um, a couple of people had died or something before we were there. So it made me a little bit more cautious. But um, so anyway, crossing river. Let me, let me talk about a couple of things that you want to watch out for when you're crossing a river, I think there's a lot of things under the water that we're just never going to know if the water's not super clear, right? You have like rocks and boulders, right? You have something called strainers, which is like, um, mainly like bushes under the water that can like, if you slipped and fell in this water, Carl, okay. And the current is moving this, it could pin you up against what, like a boulder, uh, a bunch of uh, bushes, and it's hard to get out of these mm-hmm. things. It could pin you up against a log, and the current is just going to pin you there, and you're, then you're in trouble. You get, it sounds like you're pretty knowledgeable on this, but I still don't understand how coldness can make you fall. I'm going to tell. I'm going to tell you right now. All right. So if you are in, okay, I'm going to give you cold. This is how coldness can affect your body. If you fell into a river backpacking, and the water is cold, let me give you a story of just an idea. So. Uh, if the water's cold enough, like snow melt, it can obviously mm-hmm. cause your body to just, uh, shock. And if you, and like, like I'm, I, f- I consider myself a very strong swimmer, but if you're super cold, your body just freezes up. When I went to Antarctica the last day I was on the kayaking team, the guy's like, Hey, we're in dry suits, but we're going to jump in the ocean, this, this freezing cold water and just, just mm-hmm. watch what it does to your body. Just watch what it does. So I, I jump okay. in this water, maybe two seconds go by, I can barely grab the boat to climb back in. Like my hands are so frozen mm. and you just lose all motor functions. So when you get cold in the water, you lose motor functions and a weak swimmer can become a, a or a strong swimmer can become a very weak swimmer and uh, bad things can obviously happen if that's if that's happening. Okay. So. I, I would agree. You sound, again, like you know what you're talking about, and I'd agree with everything you just said, except you didn't describe how it causes you to fall. You said if you're swimming, then it's going to cause you to struggle, but at that point, you've already fallen, right? Well, let's say you're crossing the river, and the current's strong, and you step somewhere. Like Some of us have like slipped and fallen in like a mellow river crossing, because like... Maybe the rocks are slippery from the, the mold, right. the stuff growing on them. Maybe the current's a little bit stronger. Maybe you stepped into a deep spot that you didn't see that went up to your knee and it just, you, you were unbalanced. Maybe you don't carry poles right. 
And you just, you know, it's a balance thing. So if you fall, which there's like a million ways to fall in a river, um, you got to be aware of that stuff. Okay. So I will, I will let the listeners decide if Derek ever answered that question or not, and we'll move on. <laughs> what do you mean? How do I, what do you mean? How do you fall? I mean, what do you? What's your, what's your question? <laughs> how do you fall? Question to you. <laughs> oh my god! How do you fall in a river? That's not the question. <laughs> what's your question? I'll answer it directly. Uh, right I need to move on because let's get to let's get to how you <laughs> avoid. <laughs> Now I want to know what the question is. <laughs> you, you made a comment about coldness causing you to fall. And so I was like, how does coldness cause you to fall? And oh, I asked oh. you that three May- times, and three times you described <laughs> something completely different, unrelated to how coldness causes you to fall. I think it's all, I guess I thought it was all encompassing. Like, can the actual cold make you fall? Uh, maybe not. Okay. It's probably going to be annoying, but. Okay. All right, that's fine. I apologize, Carl. I want you to feel like I'm listening. No, I thought you might actually have an answer for it. I was like, maybe like it numbs up your legs, and then you can't like feel the rocks beneath you as well. Well, I, I will say, I will say this: if the water's cold enough, like forty, like forty ish, your muscles will start to like cramp up and ball. And like it happened to me on our last trip, where I was like walking through the water, okay. and my my feet started hurting so bad, and I could see that making you fall if you just. If you can't get out in time. All right. Sorry. I, I took you down that rabbit hole. I apologize. So, okay, yeah, so, so yeah. definitely, I think people understand current, you know, swift enough, the, the deeper it is, the swifter it is, the more at risk you are for falling in and who knows what can happen. Certainly, like you said, you can drown, mm-hmm. you can get caught up against some rocks and not get your you know, get out. How do you overcome this? Well, like I was just saying, if you're listening, Carl, okay. Um, if you're going to cross the river to be more safe, I think one thing is to, uh, we have the tendency to be lazy. So it's, it's fighting your laziness of searching up and down the river for a, maybe a more mellow spot, maybe a shallower okay. spot, maybe, which is usually a wider, a area, wider right? area. Yeah. Or maybe a spot yeah. that has very clear water. So you know, kind of what you're stepping in. Um, so sometimes you might have okay. to take a little bit extra time because you don't want to make that mistake right. of falling in a river. Obviously, it could be life or death if you're in the wrong spot. So, definitely, you want to use trekking poles if you have them, and if you don't have them, use your friend's trekking poles, like you do. And if you don't, if your friend doesn't have them or they are unwilling to lend them to you, mm. then grab a stick or something. Just to you know, three feet, four feet are better than two. Um, moving up stream or up river rather than going down is going to give you a better balance. If it's really rough, I would link arms with your friends if you have them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, those are things that I, I haven't done all those things, but I've definitely done some of those things and I'm still alive to tell the tale. So yeah, river crossing is a good one though, for sure. Yeah. Well, even we crossed that one river with the wire that you can hold on to all the way yeah. across. We still had people struggling. Typically. Yeah, for sure. And in, in, <laughs> in national parks, sometimes they'll have some sort of, you know, a lot of times they have bridges really like straight up if it's going to be one of those rivers, but they might have a right, wire right. or something. And yeah, if you read the map, sometimes it'll just say Ford on it, F-O-R-D, which means that there's no bridge and you're going to have to cross and there may or may not be some sort of aid mm. for you. So, yeah. You're right. Okay. Be wary. Survive Be wary. the river crossing. That's number one. Indeed. Number one. Number two. What do number you got? Number two is something that I've actually done before and mm. sort of relatively recently, cooking in your tent. Mm, yeah. What are you doing, this dude? is kind of like a multi-level... No, no. It depends on how you do it is really what it boils down to. But if you if your tent's basically completely enclosed and there's no ventilation whatsoever, even if you're cooking your vestibule, uh, you could die from carbon monoxide poisoning. And that has happened to people before. <laughs> That's, yeah. More likely what would happen to you, Derek, is, is you'd probably be smart enough to vent it, but um, get it too close to the tent and just light your tent on fire. And then you could die. That's probably yeah. true. Yeah. Yep. So how did you get in this situation? Like, what, what were you So doing? typically people cook in their tent or in their vestibule because it's like raining outside, it's really bad weather, and they still want to eat. You, you got to boil it up, and you're, you're lighting your stove, and it, like I said, it's not vented properly. One thing you can do, especially if you've got a jet boil, is you can just simply mm. put that thing outside the vestibule and even in the rain, and because of the way that it's set up, like you can still cook your stuff right. and be fine and just kind of drag it in when you're done. Um, but if you have any sort of venting, then mm. you're probably fine. Like like yep. significant venting, not like a little peephole with mesh. Right. It's people that have those old school like MSR whisper light stoves where it's like the white gas, that's where you're going to light your tent on top fire because that stuff pools up and if you kind of let too much go when you're trying to prime it, like there could be fuel 
everywhere. Like it could get on your tent and then bam, like disaster zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it, is this why I was just curious, is this why I saw a, like a wireless carbon monoxide, uh, alarm in your backpack this year? <laughs> in <laughs> anticipation of cooking in the tent? Um, well, I, you know, I never know. I, just, I you know, we did it. cook, we cooked like in the vestibule zone in, during the glacier trip. Cause it rained day two, it rained pretty mm-hmm. much all day. And it's, st- yeah. it started raining like when, I mean, it like stopped for a little bit and then it started raining again when it was like dinner time and I wanted dinner. And right. so you're supposed to prep your food in this like special zone by the campground. And I did not, right. I actually, um, made my food and then just did not want to eat my food in the rain. I'd been soaked all day. And so the right. third issue with cooking your tent is you create smells that can attract animals. Yes. So. Yes. Of all, so obviously there's certain foods that are going to be the smellier foods, like, you know, if you're making bacon and stuff, but after some research, I found out that among the safer foods that have the least amount of smells are the freeze-dried foods. Hmm. I would agree with that. Which is what I had. So, so I got some grief from some, some of the dudes on the trip about that, but apparently, you know what? You got to do what you got to do. We didn't have any animals. Ate the freeze-dried. Problem solved. What do you think about that? I'm just glad you're learning every trip. You know, it's just, it's huge. And it makes me feel safer to go on a backpacking trip with you, you know? So you think I'm, I don't know if I'm learning. I feel like I'm, I'm forgetting things every trip, like well, making errors. That's why you have me though. Just to, to stumble along with you, you know, to point it out. Yeah. yeah. Like, dude, what are you doing? So that was one of my tidbits actually is, is another error that I made on the last trip. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to own up to So I'll get to that later. Well, but, okay. um, sure. anyway, so that's, that's, so that's number two. Like What's them. number three? Uh, number three, we have, uh, broken water filters mid trail, Carl. Okay. If you are one of those people that's paranoid, like I, this is something I feel like we could do better with, but I don't think we ever will do better with, sadly. So like if it, Okay, is breaking a water well, filter? No, no, no. What I mean is like preparing for that. So like let's say we go on a trip and we've had water filters start to break down or leak or just be really hard to pump. We've had the pump filters, the gravity filters. A couple guys brought the, the right. UV light filters. We've done the iodine chlorine tablet thingies or whatever. So, uh, what can you do if your filter breaks? Let's say you're solo hiking or you and a friend are hiking and you brought one filter and and it's a pump filter or a gravity filter and just told something happens, right? You know, something, I don't, I don't know what happens, but something happens. Obviously there's the obvious answer where you could like boil your water and then you got to let it cool and blah, 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 which you can do and and you, you can do that. Right. Um, but you know, a lot of the recommendations that I found were to, before you go like bear grills, dig a sand filter next to the river and suck out the water from there. Uh, before you go that mode, I think they were recommending that you always, you know, carry some like backup emergency stuff. Like they said, they, you know, suggestions of like putting in, you know, chlorine and iodine tablet pills, like w- inside of your emergency kit or whatever, just even for a couple of days worth or something like that. Right. And that way, like if the worst happens, at least you know you can have water for a few more days just to present. And, and it's lightweight. You're not carrying like some additional filter. You're not carrying some UV lamp thing. You're not carrying all this other stuff that might weigh a bit more, but you're just carrying some little pills, which isn't really anything at all. So it's always good to have a backup. I think, I don't know if we carry pills as backup. Do we do that? I don't think we do. No, but actually a listener suggested that last season. I, I forget why it came up, but somebody's like, yeah, just carry some you know backup iodine. And... Yeah, so you right. so you feel like if your water filter breaks, which they're bound to do, I think I've broken every single possible kind of water filter, you feel like you're just going to die. Well, you can die if you don't have water, right? I mean, or you... So are you, you're saying that you just not, like, you're, you're crossing streams, you're dehydrated, you're just... You're just I mean, perish. let's... Well, you're not... Maybe let's not go that far. Let's say you're out on the trail. <laughs> let's, say you're doing a, let's say you're doing a long trail. You know, and there's, like, a lot of days, and there's, okay. there's... Maybe the water is sparse. It's the summertime, and you didn't really map it out ahead of time like you thought you should have, and, oh, there'll be water everywhere because I'm on the John Muir Trail. And maybe there's some parts where there wasn't a mess. And, and let's say your trail... Your trail. Let's say your water filter breaks, um, or your gravity filter just totally sucks like the one we have where it just like trickling water out that one year i think it's and you dehydrate and you unless you're melting snow with your jet boil okay um you know i mean it's probably a good idea to keep some pills with you 
I would imagine, right? So I would, <laughs> so I'd like to share with the listeners real quick that we are recording this podcast pretty late at night. So I don't know if all the dots are being connected here with our thought processes. Because <laughs> I, I don't really know what you just said right there as far as is how that relates to how a water filter breaking could actually kill you um, and how... Because if, you're, <laughs> because if your filter... No, if your filter breaks, obviously you can't use it. And then if you can't use it, you can't get water. And if you didn't prepare with these pills, then you're going to be hiking... It's putting you at risk, I suppose, if you if you have to dip in, I think is where you're going, right? Like, you might have, you could have severe giardia. It, yeah, well, that's the, like, kind of the last resort, right? If you don't yeah. have, that's what I was going to say, is like, if I'm you, not going to die of dehydration if there's water source right there. I'm going to dip in, right? Well, I don't know where you are, dude. Like, what trail you want. But ideally, if there's a river or snow or something um, around and you don't have any of those pills, you don't have any filter, then yeah, you're going to have to buck up and get some GRD right. going. I don't care where I am. If I'm, I'm not going to die of dehydration if there's water there and then you just got to take the risk. So, well, Hey, if you want to disease yourself, that's fine. I think that's the, I think that's where it become, de- it, it can become deadly. I think that's, I'm trying to, I'm trying to help you. I think you it's pretty obvious. It's not, nobody, nobody wants to okay. suck up GRD water. I mean, maybe you do. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to invite that. But if you have, yeah, that's the, that's what I was going to say. The last resort is to do that because you have to do that. Unless, okay. unless, right. Carl, you want to go champion mode and drink your own pee. I mean, and, uh, you know, you could do that too. <laughs> okay. We'll get, we'll get to that, I think, in a later episode, whether that's, we, we talked about that last, last season, actually. So. Would you, would you choose, would you choose your own pee or Giardia water? What would you do? Giardia water. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> your pee's cleaner though your pee's cleaner I don't know if you say if you knew it was Giardi water then definitely the own pee if you, if you had to take the risk I'd, I'd take the risk for sure if I, I would I might choose pee I might seriously consider choosing pee if I could pee into like some Nalgene or some bottle and then somehow cool it down like if I could make it cold <laughs> I think I could I think okay. I could do it alright that's the only thing alright there, there we have it number, that's number three folks that's number three okay Giardia it boils down to Giardia or pee take your pee <laughs> number four I call this yep. summit hypnosis, and this could refer to actually going to a peak or just over a mountain pass, and this is basically where you kind of, this is where the pride issue comes in, and I've definitely yeah. had this where you're going to make it no matter what, you know, no matter what the conditions, no matter how appropriate it is, what your fitness level is, you're just motivated to make it, and you might put yourself at risk, you might put your friends at risk by going after it, so I'll give you a situation Please. Uh, we, yeah. So just this, this last month in Glacier, we were uh, at a junction, and we got passed by somebody who was hiking up to something called Triple, Triple Divide Pass, mm. and he got a couple miles ahead of us, and we were taking a long break. And so anyways, we start kind of following up the trail, and a little while later, he comes back down the trail, and we're like, oh, hey, he made it cool. He's, you know, it was a pass. He'd think he'd go up and over, but whatever. He's like, yeah, today's not the day. Like, I, I just can't do it today. It's too rainy. It's too hard. Like, it's just not going to happen. Right. And right. so he headed the opposite direction. And it was. That was the day that I was talking about. It was raining the whole day. Mm. We didn't even give it a second thought. Like, hey, is this? Like, we're going up to, like, this high mountain pass. Yep. We're soaked. Yep. It's going to be windy up there. Yep. Is this a good move? So me being particularly sensitive to the cold, Probably wasn't the wise move for me, but we didn't get a second thought and we just went for it. So turned out okay, but that sense of pride, I think you got to sometimes take a moment to consider, are we really prepared for what we're about to do? Are, are our friends prepared? We ran into this last year where we, we brought somebody who was not prepared and it could have gone really bad. Yeah. I mean, we were carrying, you know, we're carrying like metal swords and metal pieces from the camera equipment, like just inviting lightning and things to just ruin us and I don't know. Right. We, we, we were right. kind of stupid on that one, for sure. Yeah. So this is really, I guess, pride is the core issue here. But some of his hypnosis, if you don't make it that day, if you've got to turn around and try it another day, like, you know, there's nobody keeping score. So mm. so I guess hopefully you have a voice of reason, somebody to kind of take time to evaluate, like, is this a wise move under the conditions, under the circumstances? Mm. Proud of you. It's, uh, it's, that was decent. Right. Yeah, yeah, no feedback for that one. All right, number five. Not one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not worth okay. it. Number five is um, swimming, uh, like waterfall swimming, like near a waterfall or some people have tried to swim in a waterfall, which is not smart. Uh, how okay. can a waterfall be deadly, Carl? 
I can tell you, Carl. I have no idea. Well, there's a lot of ways, Carl. Because it has cold water, right? And cold water can cause you to fall. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, it can if you're on top of the waterfall, sure. And the current's too strong. Um, no, colder water, cold water, yeah. If, there's been many times where like I've swam near a waterfall, like in Hawaii or uh, Grand Canyon, we swam near a waterfall. And the waterfall itself is extremely powerful. Like I don't, I think we we can kind of underestimate the power of the actual falling water. And there's Mm. been some cases where people have drowned trying to do like just hang out in the waterfall, and they didn't understand like, hey, it was too deep in a certain part. And when you, I don't understand like when the water hits the when the waterfall hits the water, it creates a lot of bubbles Mm -hmm. and air. Because it's churning, right? And uh, so it's it's a lot softer and you lose a lot of buoyancy. So you have the tendency to sink. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple of people drowned in that environment where they were trying to like... So you're saying like the waterfall's coming down upon you. Right. That's, that's where you're thinking of the swimming zone. Is that what you're describing? It, well, yeah. Um, if you're okay. swimming, like if there's a mellow area, like the ideal place is like, hey, there's a waterfall over here, but there's also like the waterfall's going into like some little like you know, miniature like pond or like lakey kind of area. Um, yeah. That could be okay. Like if you're swimming in that lakey little area. But uh, Lakey. Lakey, okay. is that a word? But sometimes waterfalls like in Yosemite, they fall and then they just keep going and then they fall again and they just keep going. So right. if you're trying to swim in something like that, that would be really not smart because you can uh, easily underestimate the power of that current and then just slide on over in the next waterfall. So, okay. um that is how a waterfall can be dangerous, Carl. Did that answer your question? Interesting. Yeah. That is not what I was thinking at all when you were talking about swimming your waterfalls, but... Well, I mean... It sort of makes sense. Yeah, I mean, those are... I was thinking... There's been multiple cases where people died. Yeah, I was thinking more like... Yeah, I was thinking more people were swimming above the waterfall. Like, let's say there's a pool of water that's not too far from the waterfall itself. Okay. And then they're not paying attention, and the current takes them to the fall, and then they literally go over the edge. Well, yeah, that so, would be pretty... Not good too. Like if you no 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 right and this and this happens a lot. You're you're, you're referencing Yosemite. Mm-hmm. One waterfall specifically, Vernal Falls. There's this yeah. really cool spot right above it where you can slide down on some rocks. It's like this natural water slide yeah. into this pool of water. Correct. And there's people that die there every year because they go over this you know whatever like three or four hundred foot drop. Yeah. And so right. I've I've literally hiked by there, seeing some high school kids swimming around. I'm like that. And that's it's got it's one of dangerous. those. It's got one of those little um, what do you call it? Like a siphon where where like oh I have this little pool area above the waterfall and like we can swim but they're not like understanding the force of that pull and right. it's relatively mellow in the pool but just right at the edges like yeah. you just get pulled and away. that water just sucks you. you can't even fight it it's just too strong no no you're done you're done yeah and once you're over yeah it's, it's gone so i think people yeah just swimming too too close to the edge right that's what it boils down to just check the surrounding area don't be don't be lame yeah and, and I've obviously had experience with waterfalls. Season one, I remember that story where I, I shared not swimming yeah. near a waterfall, but walking on slick granite near a waterfall. Yeah. That yeah. was enough for me, right? Yeah. You slipped right over there, buddy. Yeah. That's, yeah. That'd be, that'd be, that would scare the bejesus out of me. Yeah, because I was, I was literally flying over smaller waterfalls. I, don't, I think I told that story. My memory of telling that story was I think it was one of our first episodes I shared that. And your feedback yeah. was... That was too long of a story, Carl. You got to cut that down. <laughs> <laughs> you were you were babbling about yeah. Your you're life. like you know people don't uh, really care about you almost dying. Like who cares about that? So yeah, no, uh, you wouldn't be missed. But I will say this yeah. as a closing comment on this: I was whitewater rafting uh, on the. I did the Grand Canyon, and so I survived the Grand Canyon. Right? Are you going like, to talk yeah. about the coolers again? No, this is not the coolers. So okay. <laughs> having you survive that, right? And then you're like, I can do anything. I'm I'm the man, right? So we go uh, to the American River up in Sacramento, and we're white. We're rafting this. I'm I'm like in charge of some like junior high kids, and it's a, it's a church thing. Blah 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 blah. So we're on the boat, and the guy's like, Well, where do you want to sit, sir? Like uh, I was like, Well, I can you know I can sit in the back. Uh, I've been down the Grand Canyon, so <laughs> don't worry about me. He's like, Okay, well, just so you know, there's this place called the Devil's Punch Bowl, and there's this other place over here. Just be careful because a lot of people tend to fall out over there. Don't worry. I got it. Don't even worry about me. I got it. So the other kids are in the boat. We're going down. And sure enough, we hit the devil's punch bowl. And little Derek pops right out of the boat, right into the river. And I'm just like, I mean, the force of this river was like unreal. Mm. And this is a little, this is not like the biggest river in the world. And underneath me, I could feel 
like giant boulders and rocks. Now, luckily, right. thank, thank the Lord, I did not hit one of those in the wrong way and tweak a leg or break something. But you can see like in a second, like how fast you could like kill yourself or drown or get pinned or break something like it, in yeah. seconds. So um, don't, don't mess around with the water, guys. Don't mess around with the water. Have you considered that maybe river rafting is not for you? Um, I've debated it. You know, okay. I've let the pride down. Like I'm a strong swimmer, uh, but then again, it's like the water doesn't care how strong you are; it's just going to wreck you. So you got to let the pride down. <laughs> okay. And I've learned that All I'm right. not the smartest person in rivers. So you're, yeah, you've got some water passion going on here. You get you get the river crossing, you get the water filters, and now waterfalls, and then an anecdotal story about again with the river rafting so maybe maybe i need like a water podcast maybe. no that wouldn't Perhaps really do so. that well that probably wouldn't that would crash yep. and burn all right buddy what's number six okay so this one is from personal experience um this one's renting could be borrowing old technical gear old technical gear Got so it. i'm not talking about like borrowing a backpack all right i mean that, that like a bad camera like a bad camera could yeah kill for sure but i did I don't know if I would have died, but I definitely would have been in a rescue situation because I rented, mm. this is a long time ago, but I rented some uh, REI crampons. You know, those are the metal spikes that you tie to the bottom of your shoes. Oh, and so yeah. those are, you yeah. know, so those are really, really sharp if you buy them new. However, if you get the rentals, they are borderline ice skates and not what you want for ice. Huh. So I was, I was doing the uh, Mountaineers route on Mount Whitney, which is the highest mountain in the contiguous 48 states and i was pretty yep. i was ah, it's like 20 21 somewhere in that range pretty excited to go mm-hmm. and yeah. not at all prepared i had a rental ice axe as well anyway we were oh, wow. yeah i didn't really know what i was doing I, it sounded cool to do the mountaineers route but i was not a mountaineer and i i got really close to the top and there was this ice chute to the top yeah i tried to kick in with a cramp on and it just wasn't going and i was pretty wiped out anyway so i was like I, i'm just not gonna make this i was like 100 feet from the summit but Yeesh. there was just ice in the way. And so I decided to, to down climb and I stepped on what I thought was snow and it was ice and shoo, I just went right down the mountain. And it was kind of like one of those movie scenes where it looks like you're going to fly off the side of the mountain and you have like one last chance to grab onto a rock to hang on. And <laughs> <laughs> I grabbed onto the rock and I hung on, did not fly off the mountain, thank goodness. And Jeez. that was because of the darn rentals. And so if you're, if you're borrowing old stuff, Again, it's probably fine, but you know, if you're going in extreme conditions, even like a sleeping bag, if it's not, mm. if it's really well used, it's not going to hold its original rating. So just you know, you're you're not going to be well prepared enough for the conditions, I suppose. Mm. Did anybody see the movie Walter Mitty? You know, I feel like you're trying. We to talked about that in the Mitty. podcast. Yeah, the secret life of Walter Mitty. The secret life of Carl Mandrioli. Like you're trying to create these, you know, and uh, I'm like, dude, you don't have to push so hard with these. You know, I, I was climbing and I slipped and fell, but maybe you did mm. it. Maybe you did it on purpose so you could have a good story to tell. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's it's not about you know. You don't have to kill yourself to be cool, Carl. Okay. It's not okay. About, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I the irony in you telling me that after all of your river rafting stories <laughs> is ridiculous. <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Oh my goodness! Uh, I haven't, I haven't, shared, I don't think I've shared that story with you before. But no, that was, that was for real, man. I was, I that was. That is scary. Um, That's really. Scary, I've not actually. rented from REI since. I'll put it that way. Oh, that is no joke. I did actually before this podcast. I did double check. I'm like, I wonder if they even still rent that stuff. Just I didn't want to be. I didn't want to have outdated information. And they, just, they do. They still. You get the ice axe and the crampons. You can still rent from them. Wow. So, well, hopefully they maybe they're better now. I don't oh know. yeah, hopefully they update. That's scary, man. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you survived. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. The podcast thanks. world is is better for it. So, so we got six. You got a bonus one, number seven. Yeah. Okay, Carl. Number seven is no joke. Okay, we've all read, you know, the the Google documents on Backpacker Magazine REI about oh the 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 ways to die, hypothermia, falling, bears. Obviously, these are all. We've, we talked you sound about very dismissive of those things like that. Like those aren't a big deal. You know what? When it comes to this last one, I am dismissive, Carl, because all those are okay. like whatever. This last one is a serious deal. I'm not even joking because uh, I've, I've almost died in three or four backpacking trips and, and you've been in there. You've been you've been part of this with me. Um, there's something called <laughs> there's a, there's a, a syndrome called um, tent stink syndrome. <laughs> tent, it's called tent tent stink, Carl. 
Okay. And this is when your tent mates have extremely bad either gas or foot prop smell foot odor problems and or okay. and or deodorant. And when you combine that trifecta of BO, foot juice, and gas <laughs> together, that can be a deadly combination, especially if your roommates are not ventilating the tent or let's say you zipped everything up because it's raining. You can find yourself gagging and hurling for life and air. Um, and, okay. Uh, now, I haven't seen any documented deaths, but uh, I, I'm guessing that's only because people are so embarrassed and people don't, mm. they don't live to tell about it, first of all. So you think this could be as a result of like lack of deodorant, too much chili mac with beef, uh, people not bringing sulfur oh, dioxide yeah. sensors for the Are these all like potential causes of... Carl, I didn't even think about... You brought up a good point. I didn't even think about the chili mac with beef. I mean... That's a that's that's a serious right. matter. Which you even called, um, you know, Backpackers Pantry, I think, or no, it was Mountain House about right. So I just think it's something that people don't pay attention to. I just want to bring awareness to it. I, I would hate to see more people vanish, as you will, because there's a lot of documentation online about hikers vanishing. Now, oh, maybe they <laughs> fell off a cliff, but did they all the time fall off a cliff, Carl? I don't think so. I think they just. <laughs> They just something else happens, and I, you know, I think tent stink has claimed more lives than we want to, we want to admit to. That's all I'm saying. I think I think my response to this is uh, welcome to season three officially, everybody, because we have now <laughs> officially taken something where we were giving legit or semi-legit information, and Derek has gone down a different road as usual <laughs> or or you look at it as you know what the B&B not only covers the, the the basic legit stuff but they go above and beyond that they take us to the next level because they care about us they cover more they cover everything you can think of and more that is true. Ridicu- that even is the true. ridiculousity so right. you're welcome guys you're welcome um, <laughs> okay so just to so just to recap <laughs> you almost got killed by coolers and people are dying of tent stink that so we're sticking with those stories right if if that's what you got out of this whole episode then so be it carl then so <laughs> <Okay>. be it <laughs> all right <laughs> well those so okay, there we go we got seven we got five to seven um deadly backpacking blunders for you and yeah I'll, we'll let that resonate with you i'm sure we'll get some reactions from this Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. It's your trivia, my friend. What it you is. got? All right. So we're talking about death. We're talking about danger. So I created two scenarios for you um, where two, you okay. get into some trouble. And I just want to see okay. what you feel like you would do 
to get out of that trouble. And uh, all right, survive that, the scenarios that might require you. Well, I won't even say. Let's just see. And and some of these are based from the information um, on a the Sierra Club website. So I created the scenarios. I was going to say you made these up on your own, but no, no, you went to Google search mode. Well, I created some of these up. No, no, no. These are created my scenarios, but then the some of the remedies are from the Sierra okay. Club. So let's just see Fair if enough. you're familiar with any of these. Okay. You are on a solo hike, a long trail hike by yourself. It's a remote trail. You're excited about it, right? Um, mm. But while you're out there, let's say it's a 10-day right. hike. Maybe it's a 20-day hike. Let's say it's a really long trail. I don't know. And you're like on day 10. And oops, your filter broke. You didn't bring any iodine tablets. You're like, oh, I should have listened to Derek. I should have listened to Derek and put some iodine tablets in it, but I didn't do it. I only brought my pump filter. My pump filter breaks. Right. Uh, then injured yourself trying to cross a river. You slipped and fell and it hurt your ankle. And you're like, oh, I can, I can, I'm Carl Mandrilli. I can just walk this up. And then like two days later, you're like, whoa. It's like the size of a beach ball. I don't know if I can keep going. Like, what do I do? A beach ball. <laughs> Maybe that's a little extreme. Uh, what are some things that you can do to avoid dying on this trip, Carl? Like, what would you? What could you? What What could you do? Are you sure there's no waterfall involved? Try, it sounds like you're trying to string together all three. There's a waterfall. There. No. Okay, I feel like we covered a few of these things already. But is the issue here more that I'm that I've got? a dehydration situation going on or more that I've got the injury or just both of them? No, I think, you know, you got the injury now. Now you're like, oh no, water's going to become a problem because I can't, you know, maybe the next river's not for like 20 miles. I don't know. Sounds realistic for sure. These are, and just for the record, these are five, this is taken from a a thing about some really uh, dangerous uh, mistakes that people make hiking that I don't know if you're really going to get, but we're going to talk about because I think you're aware of it, but you just, maybe the ego is in the way. So we're going to talk about it, but let's take, this is taking it from a thing. Okay. Sounds, sounds legit. Mock my thing because you're insecure. <laughs> That's fine. Um, what would you have done or what could you have done? Okay. I don't even know where to start with this. First of all, yeah, the solo thing I get that we have sometimes when your scenario is involved going solo, it is because you want to see how that person's going to survive in that situation. Whereas like, obviously I'm, afraid to be alone so i don't want to go solo Mm. but but you have yeah in this scenario okay so we had that crazy guy build that was our chauffeur in the 1995 Mm. minivan last summer he gave us some well i don't know if this is wisdom or not this is what he said he said if you can walk over the stream then it's okay to dip in but if it's like too big to just take a step over, it's like a river, then yeah, that's where the animals go to the bathroom. And so. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So I don't know uh, if the, the reasonableness of that is true at all. I thought my but, story um, was crazy, and then you come up with that answer. Yeah, Bill, well. Bill shared that, that nugget for us. And so that it kind of stuck with me for some reason. So I guess using that, 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 type of information i would not be able to, to just dip in the water that was in the stream that i just crossed like obviously if i'm injuring myself in the stream i'm i'm probably pretty close to that no no because you because like i said you thought i'm carl mandrioli so you kept hiking for okay. another two days you're gonna follow along story, carl and then okay. you woke up one morning you're like wow my ankle's huge I can barely walk. Dude, I think I just got to stay put and hope that some hikers pass me by, and then I got to get some help that way. I got to be humble and ask for help, even though I hate asking for help. Mm. Okay, I like I like where you went with the humble stuff. I like where you yeah. went with that. But this is like a remote. This is like a remote trail. Yeah, it's like rarely. Like the, there's people never people yourself. here. I'm off trail in a wilderness that's never been explored. Right? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe you went off trail. I okay. Don't know. Okay. Well, thankfully, I borrowed your your satellite phone. And I just okay. give my GPS coordinates, and boom, I get some help. Okay, so I'm glad this is good for you. This is big for you. So one thing you can do is is uh, something ahead of time you could have done is a lot of experienced hikers will bring uh, what you call a PLB or a personal locator beacon. Tells okay. you exactly where you are. Uh, you can bring boom, a sat. You can check. bring a sat phone. You yep. can do. There's lots of little things now you can do. Like even even through my sat phone, I have the Garmin one. You can. Um, you can activate this thing called the, it's like Facebook waypoint. So as you are hiking, it like periodically documents where you are on that trail and will send it to your family members or whoever. Um, I never heard you talk Facebook. about Facebook. Yeah. Or your Facebook or will it, will it post on Facebook for you? It will. It will. Yeah. 
So is that more just like for safety or more like bragging like, hey, here's where I am? It's a little bit of both if you're being honest okay. with yourself. Um, right. But did you, I didn't hear you talk about like, well, you know, I told so-and-so about where I was. Did you tell your friends yeah. and family where you were going before you left, Carl? We talked about that in another episode that we would leave an itinerary to be safe. And I've started doing that. I'm glad you mentioned it. I just want to see if you remember that. So yep. it's good. PLB Beacon is something you guys could do using online um, technology to document your waypoints so people know where you are and obviously let your friends and family know where you are. But be humble. Don't think you can do it all yourself or you might make it worse for yourself. At some point, you know, you got to push that little SOS button and have help come and get you. So I'm proud of you, Carl. I'm going to give you like three quarters of a point for that because you really (laughs) push that humble factor, which is hard for you. I know. It's hard for everybody. It really is. And that's no joke. Um, Okay. Scenario number two. Okay. You are hiking with friends. It's a familiar park. But you know what? You got some bad intel. And the trail that you were on is is just something happened and it's blocked off. It's impassable. And so you decide, I'm going to go off trail. But you and your friends, as you're hiking along off trail for miles and miles, then you come to a point where you're like, oh, I did not realize the ridiculous dangers ahead that we just ran into, whether it's cliffs or snow or, or whatever. You, you hiked maybe 10 to 15 miles off trail to get where you're going to thinking you could get around and you just didn't realize how dangerous it was. What is something you should be doing? Like leaving breadcrumbs along the way so that you can follow the breadcrumbs back. I mean, obviously you could use that same solution from the last one with the personal locator beacon if you, if you just want to give up and stay put, which is typically what you're supposed to do when you're lost. But um, another thing to do is retrace your steps back mm-hmm. to that trail and just, again, play the humble card and backtrack all the way back to the beginning even when you hit the trail. So kind of like abandon the tr- abandon the trip. Yeah, I mean, abandon the trip or just re- reroute it down to a different trail where you can yeah. go a different way. So All right, ding, 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 buddy. Okay. Ding, ding, ding. I, I think we were looking for abandon. Sometimes you have to abandon the plan. Like right. sometimes you're out there and it just, the, the plans just get too gnarly. We've done that before. And you got to shut it down. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, th- and that's what they're saying is like one of the mistakes people make is they think that they can just... I don't need to abandon my but yeah. I'm, I'm a seasoned hiker. I can do anything, you know? Well, okay, but I want to clarify, though, that there's a difference between abandoning the plan and abandoning the trip, mm. right? Like, in a serious situation, yeah, abandon the trip, but if you have to reroute yourself, right. like, you can still still keep going. I feel like people give up too easily. Well, that's what I'm saying, abandon, right, I'm saying abandon the plan. Right. And so what I'm saying is, yeah, like, we've done that many times where, like, we try to do something, and we're like, mm, I don't think this is a good idea. Right. And then we reroute, we go around somewhere else. And, and you know, for the most part, like, well, we know where we are. And that's the smart thing to do, yep. to keep yourself safe when you're way out somewhere like that. So right. Don't let okay. pride get you. Okay. I will, I will take the full point on that one and success from the trivia. Mm, okay. That sounds good. <laughs> okay. And All it, right. Thank you. That was, there's some creativity there. I like that. <laughs> I'm, that sorry. I'm that glad I met your standard of <laughs> trivia. <laughs> oh, uh, anything else you want to? You want to tidbit this or what? You didn't tidbit. Yeah, before you, a few things. First of all, do you ever like look something up online and then, (laughs) (laughs) and then you come back to it like you know hours later and you look at a tab that's open and you're like, what the heck is that? And then you kind of laugh at yourself. So Mm. I've got a tab open right now which is called "What Happens If I Eat Oxygen Absorbers." (laughs) Wow! Remember because we talked about that last last episode. I do. I do remember that. Yeah, I do. Okay, so I was like, yeah, can we die from that? So. Uh, it's made of iron dust, huh. and I think the plastic coating is probably not very good for you, but the iron dust is fine if you were to down one of the ox- oxygen drawers. If you, if you eat, like, a hmm. bunch of them, then you could get sick and possibly die. Huh. So there you go. Another way well, to save your life. Don't let your friends put all their oxygen absorbers into your freeze-dried food. So That's true. How many, when you say a bunch, when you say a bunch, how many is that? I'm guessing, like, uh, it's got to be, like, 10 to 20. Okay. It didn't, it didn't specify. Okay. So... It's- uh, they can kill animals though. So if an animal were to eat that, that like a mm. small animal could get. So if so if, I, if I ran out of if I like ran out of food, could I crack one open and down it? A couple calories. Mm, it didn't say if they had caloric value. That's a good question. Hmm. Maybe that'll be okay. for next episode. But good question. Yeah. I want to. Rev- I just want to come clean about something from our, the last trip that you know yeah. we t- you talked about how I'm getting better and I'm learning each trip, and I feel like I definitely am learning, but then I'm forgetting things I already know. So this past. Well, I didn't. I didn't say it was a. I didn't say it was a fast process. Yeah, it's slow. It's slow. This is embarrassing. So I had to pack really late at night prior to this trip, and 
I think we'll probably cover some packing strategies later on, but basically, you know how you have your gear list and then you like pack something and then you kind of cross off the gear list. So I just, my, my crossing things off got a little bit messy and Mm. I only Mm. ended up bringing one pair of wool socks. Really? Yeah. And I put that in my secondary pack to wear, like those are gonna be like my, my, you know, clothes to wear out the gate. And so I only had one pair of socks and I had a pair of socks I wore like on the plane that were cotton socks. So Here's what ended up happening is I partook in an unintended cotton sock challenge because I thought I only have one. (laughs) Here's what happened. I had one pair of wool socks, so I should probably start with the cotton socks and wear the wool when I need them. Right. And so, but because I had the wool socks in my to, you know, to wear bag, um, I didn't have them in my backpack. Mm. They never made it in my backpack. So all I brought with me was a single pair of cotton socks for a very rainy trip. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Wow. So right, wow! That's, I thought, uh, man, rookie mistake, right here. Wow, and I'm I'm surprised you didn't tell me about that yeah. sooner. But uh, I'm glad you I'm glad you I confessed. Did. Cotton side challenge achieved, no blisters again, but just soaked shoes and socks. And I was, I, I was struggling with like not not quite hypothermic at times, but borderline for sure. Wow, not because of the socks by themselves. So you forgot, so you forgot your pillow on the last trip, and you forgot your cotton socks or your right. socks on this. Yeah, I know two in a row, um, two in a row. What, what's going on, yeah. man? You want, you want to, is there more that we need to talk about? Probably. Uh, either I'm getting old it, or I just can't handle packing. Maybe, maybe I need to, to double check your pack before we go on the trip next time. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you were willing to take a, a list and, and check everything off, I would be mm. willing to let you do that for sure. That would take a long time. I'll probably just share my socks with you. It'll be easier. Right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, last thing I'm to point out is that. We are going to try to get more listener input into some of our topics this season. Yes. And so I'm going to be putting out some more Facebook polls and just, yeah, asking questions. And, you know, you can message us or email us, however you want to do it. And uh, we're we're happy to use your information because I think there's a wealth of knowledge out there. And sometimes there's even some things you throw out there that, um, that are pretty fun and funny along the way. And we definitely have one from listener Ryan that I've been saving for uh, a water filter episode we have upcoming, which mm. is going to be interesting. So yes. anyway, so so just kind of if you're on Facebook, I know we only have like a small fraction of our listeners are on Facebook, but for those that are willing to go on there mm. or they're willing to email, please stay tuned for that. Beautiful, beautiful. Got anything else? Uh, that'll do it for me. I think we'll wrap up shop and we'll see these animals next week. That sound good? Okay, sounds good. Gang, thanks again for joining, guys. We will see you next time. And remember, guys, if Carl's feet stink, it is not backpacking. Uh, we'll see you next time. Have a good one. <laughs> I want to fly the world. So, there's another deadly, there's another deadly, uh, hiking sin i didn't tell you about uh it's called worming guys um in the tent if you ever have people with you and they like to roll on top of you in their sleeping bag and have worm wars in the tent i don't know if you know what i'm talking about worm wars look them up uh you know i've I've, carl you get some big friends like carl and they can crack some bones so i've had a couple times where like my scapula cracked my my back was cracked i'm like dude this is deadly like if he kept rolling on me i'm a goner And then you know what? He's going to carry me out, so joke's on him. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. One of the most legendary shows in the outdoors is on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Primo's Truth About Hunting, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.